Our young adult group here at Second is about to begin a book read together. The book is entitled Waking Up White and Finding Myself in the Story of Race by Debbie Irving. The book is about Debbie's long and difficult journey to discover why she continued to feel racial tensions in her personal and professional relationships even after going to great lengths to try and create diversity. For years as a white educator, she found her efforts to reach out to students and families of color continued to fail, and she struggled to figure out what she was missing. Near the beginning of her book, in a, title, in a chapter entitled, From Confusion to Shock, Debbie's life changes when she is in the midst of getting her master's degree. She signs up for a course entitled Racial and Cultural Identity, and in her own words, this is what she found. I expected the course to teach me about other races and cultures so I could better help students of color. I suppose I thought I'd get some tips, some do's and don'ts that would keep me from offending students and parents. Much to my surprise, however, the course asked me to turn the lens on myself. I had never thought to look within for solutions to a problem I imagined as outside of myself. And what I found shocked me. For the rest of the book, Debbie refers back to this course that she took. As she encounters situations of racial tension in her life, she begins to examine them more closely by first turning the lens upon herself. But she also admits that it took her 48 years of her life to be able to understand what it really meant to look closely at her own life. And it wasn't an easy task. Our word for today, as Ginger said, is examine. Just like Debbie Irving realized she had to look within, as followers of Christ, we are also called to do the same. In the context of Lent especially, examine not only relates to turning the lens on ourselves, but also our relationship with God. Examine means to look at something closely, and carefully in order to learn more about it. There can be many variations of examine depending on the particular context. We examine our knowledge by taking tests in school. As Ginger pointed out to the children, we examine our health by going to see a doctor. We examine our world through scientific experiments and observations. So just how do we examine our faith? How do we examine who God is and who we are in relationship with God? During the season of Lent, we are invited to examine our faith by going to the wilderness. Many of us might associate the wilderness with relaxation or renewal or Sabbath, But the wilderness in scripture is a place of deep struggle. The wilderness is the place where the Israelites struggled for 40 years while waiting for the promised land. 
And the wilderness is the place the Spirit leads Jesus in our scripture today. Let us listen now for our gospel lesson from Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus again said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said to him, All of these I will give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited upon him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, a first glance at this passage reveals an emphasis on Jesus' identity as the Son of God. Just before this encounter, as Jesus was being baptized in the river, we heard a voice from heaven that says, This is my Son, the Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Then again, here in chapter 4, the devil confirms Jesus' identity as he taunts him, calling him the Son of God each time. But Jesus does not give in. Instead, he identifies who he is by confirming who God is. Instead of proving who he is by misusing his power, Jesus demonstrates how to live a theocentric life a life that is centered on God, a life that puts God first. This narrative of Jesus being tempted teaches us that our lives are meant to be centered on God before all others. And this is the example that Jesus sets for us. So what does this mean as we begin our Lenten journey together? It means that the same spirit that led Jesus to the wilderness also leads us to a time of examining our own temptations, especially the times when we've been given in to our tempters. Now you might be thinking that you've never been put to the test of turning rocks into bread, nor have you ever been put on a high place and dared to throw yourself down to see if angels would come to your rescue. 
And perhaps no one has offered you to rule over all the kingdoms of the world today either. And we might also ask ourselves in turn, what does Jesus possibly know about our temptations today? What did Jesus know about the temptation of cutting corners to keep a small business open? What did Jesus know about the temptation of drugs to a recovering addict? What did Jesus know about the temptation to cheat on a test in order to keep a high enough grade to get into a good college? Where is our connection here? This is where our examine happens. This is the moment where we take a closer look in order to understand the meaning this narrative has for our lives. The season of Lent especially is reserved for a time of examination, and then repentance, and then God's forgiveness. The Reverend Marietta Ann Schultz says this, Lenten penance engages the dark places in our lives, that we may come face to face with them and seek forgiveness for them. It's not about guilt. It's about freedom from the control that our fears and our insecurities have over us, about the amendment of life and new beginnings. Friends, if we do indeed examine our relationship with Jesus on a deeper level, then we can begin to understand that we are tempted much in the same way that he was. Because when we do allow ourselves to engage in those dark places in our lives, we realize that we are being tempted to treat God as less than God. Jesus was tempted to use his power for things like bread when he was hungry, safety in the midst of danger, and power and control over all the kingdoms of the world. And those same temptations of materialism, security, and prestige are not foreign to us. And all of these things tempt us to pretend we are in control instead of God. Another scholar puts it like this, We may not be tempted to turn stones into bread, but we are constantly tempted to mistrust God's readiness to empower us to face our trials. None of us is likely to put God to the test by leaping from a cliff, but we are frequently tempted to question God's helpfulness when things go wrong. Pagan idolatry is no more a temptation for us than it was for Jesus, but compromise with the ways of the world is a continuing seduction. We're all tempted to take the easy way out, the fast track, the path to instant gratification, skip the line, get a fast pass, however you want to phrase it. This is what the tempter offers us. And it's also the reason that slowing down to examine is so crucial for our faith. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? 
We are led to examine ourselves because Jesus has been there first. Jesus was offered the same temptations we face many days, and he does not leave us alone when we face our tempters. It's also no coincidence that this encounter with the devil takes place in between Jesus' baptism and the beginning of his ministry. This placement demonstrates the reality of evil in the face of holiness. Professor Robert Bryant says, Indeed, closeness to God involves conflict and struggle that will lay bare one's deepest passion and loyalty. Central to each of the challenges Jesus faces is a single question. To what extent will he trust God to be God and so be himself? Scripture continues to show us that throughout his entire ministry, Jesus is tempted to take the easy way out. Even as he hangs on the cross, he hears a voice offering up an easier path. If you are the Son of God, come down from this cross. But even in that moment, a moment of great human suffering and humiliation, Jesus puts God first. Jesus trusts God to be God. At the beginning of the Lenten season, we start with examine, because we too find ourselves in the wilderness. We begin with examine because all too often we fall short of living with God at the very center of our lives. When it comes to the question of trusting God in all matters, Jesus always succeeds where we usually fail. And this, friends, is the good news. When we fail at putting God first, Jesus does not fail. When we grow weary of the difficult work of examining our lives, the Spirit leads us on. When we give into temptation, and want to take an easier path, Jesus continues to show us how to find our way back. We are called to take a closer look, to examine, because when we do, we are given a deeper understanding of what it means to be a child of God and a part of the body of Christ. The task of looking within to examine ourselves might be scary and difficult. But the good news is that we never do it alone. The Spirit is with us every step of the way, and the, the same, same Spirit who is with Christ sustains us through the journey. Examine leads us to get better at trusting God to be God, and in so, allows us to be ourselves. Examining our sins, our failures, and our shortcomings, although it is hard work, leads us to freedom through the gift of God's grace and God's mercy. In our scripture passage today, Jesus is coming to the end of his 40 days in the wilderness, and we have just begun ours. As we journey this wilderness road together, how will we examine our lives? How will we take a closer look at our relationship with God both as individuals and together as the church. 
Perhaps examine looks like taking a course that will challenge our perspectives like Debbie Irving does in her book. Perhaps examine looks like a place of quiet solitude where we can identify our tempters, call them by name, and listen for God's help. Whatever examine looks like for you, do not be afraid to practice it. The Spirit leads us into the wilderness for just that purpose. Recently, my Ukirk students and I watched a documentary called Divided We Fall. It was made by a Sikh activist named Valerie Carr. Valerie was one of the keynote speakers at the Montreat College Conference that my students and I attended this January. And my students were eager to watch one of her films after hearing her speak. Her documentary was about recognizing and giving voice to the many hate crimes that were enacted upon Sikh Americans after 9-11. Sikhs were targeted because they look like the images of the terrorists that were flashing on the news each night, particularly because they have facial hair and wear turbans. Valerie points out that things like uncut hair and turbans are a part of the articles of faith that Sikhs wear as a visible reminder and symbol of their faith. This film sparked a conversation amongst my students about the visibility of faith. They pointed out that Christians don't really have visible articles of faith on our bodies or our clothing. My students were bothered by this, therefore we spent time looking closer. We spent time examining what it means to have the choice of when our faith might be visible or invisible. We turn the lens inward on ourselves, and here are some of the things that we noticed. As Christians, are we only visible by the way we act and how we treat one another? On Ash Wednesday, we're identified by ashes placed on our forehead. But that's only one day a year. What would it look like if we wore ashes every day during Lent? And then how would we respond if there were propaganda that spread a negative narrative about all people with ashes on their forehead? Would that fear cause us to wipe our ashes off or blend in? Or would we continue to boldly display our faith by wearing those ashes despite the risk? And then which choice do we choose if we want to keep our lives centered on God? These are just questions from one conversation with my students as a result of one evening of examination. These are the types of faith-enriching questions and discussions that come up when we take the time to slow down and to look closely. This is how the discipline of examine with the help of the Spirit can transform us. We may not always want to see what we look like when we turn the lens upon ourselves, but we are called to look inward and to do so with the help of the Spirit. And when we do this, we allow the Spirit to help us reorient our lives 
back towards God. It's my hope that this Lenten season we might be brave enough to begin with examine, so that like Christ before us, we might end up fully trusting God to be God and in the very center of our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Holy God, as we journey through this season of examination in the wilderness, we ask that your spirit be with us. Continue to guide us as we look closer at ourselves and grow deeper in our relationship with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.